Let's talk about believing and wanting to believe and the great difference between the two. Today is Thursday, January the 14th. And this is about emotional fact checking and how for the last four years, I would be highly against allowing the emotions. And I would speak this a lot, allowing the emotions to lead and guide our choices and decisions. Now, because even with us being in this Aquarius energy, with Saturn being on Aquarius, Aquarius is about logic, reason, facts, evidence. Aquarius energy isn't usually associated with emotional thinking. It's usually associated with truth, facts, evidence. Now, so it would be most definitely not geared towards emotional fact checking because to, to, and, and, and it, this is also going to show us where society has never really made its own decisions. The people in society as it relates to conditioning and it's going to, because when we are fact checking or when we're just making a decision, we always look at the alternative or the opposite or, or a comparison of what we want to believe and that's it's always what we want to believe is how it starts out or an idea or a thought in order to say that this idea this thought is true we have to do comparison checking and it takes the ability to be emotionally removed from what you are trying to find a truth about you don't go towards decisions using your emotions and your emotions alone, because it's going to blur your vision. It's going to cause you to form an opinion before you do the comparison because you would already have made. And, and even if you are attempting to do a comparison, if you are already emotionally inclined towards something, you would throw out or not consider that alternative or that truth because you're already emotionally connected with what you want to believe as being true, as opposed to what truth is. And this is, is uh, we're, we're still talking about the social condition. And I'm going to read something. And on the YouTube channel, I would talk against Wikipedia a lot. This is the first time that I'm going to be reading something from Wikipedia. I don't know if I agree with this, but here we go. And it's about social conditioning. You almost definitely go over and read yourself and see what you think about it. Social conditioning is a sociological process of training individuals in a society to respond in a manner generally approved by society in general and peer groups within society. The concept is stronger than that of socialization, which is the process of inheriting norms, customs, and ideologies. Okay. Manifestations of social conditioning are vast, but they are generally categorized as social patterns and social structures, including nationalism, education, employment, entertainment, pop culture, religion, spirituality, and family life. The social structure in which an individual finds him or herself influences and can determine their social action and responses. And even with that, I don't even have to continue reading. That lets me know that have overall not made their own decisions that that the way that they think 
on average is due to social conditioning, group thing, herd thing, herd mentality. And I talked a lot about herd mentality in 2020 and group think in 2020. And it's all usually emotionally motivated. My moon is in Capricorn. We have, which is opposite of where we have the energy is an Aquarius, but it's like, it's, it's seeing it. It's, it's, it's still seeing it, but trying to get to the bottom of why it is what it is, is what I'm most interested in. And I talked about this all of 2020 about allowing our emotion to blur our vision. Now, social conditioning represents the environment and personal experience in the nature and nurture debate. Society in general and peer groups within society set the norms which shape the behavior of actors within the social system. Is so the more, more people with that group think, herd mentality, social conditioning, social groups like that, family groups, alliances, they are not even behaving in a way that is individualistic to them it's some type of trained or what is presented to them what they see and what they see demonstrated in front of them acting out the thoughts the experience of others is what has shaped them into the humans that they are those society shapes individuals okay those society shapes individuals however it was the individual who made society to begin with and society in turn shaped and influenced us exactly Emil Durkheim, who really played an important role in the theory of social facts, explained and taught how what was once a mere idea, which is this case, Durkheim is talking about society has turned out to be a thing which basically controls and dictates us. That's what I'm seeing also, and that's what I was trying to talk about and speaking about the last four years that I've been on YouTube. And we continue. Socialization, it states, social conditioning is directly related to the particular culture that one is involved in. It is. That's her thing, group thing, like that. One one or two people having certain experiences in the herd and the group take that as that is the conclusion, that is the experience that all of us have had and share in uniquely. But when it's not, when it's not, for example, if you have 10 people in a family and two people go out and experience something, they come back and tell the other eight that this is the experience, this is the absolute of it, and that's what you can expect. And the other eight start to formalize their ideas and the way that they think based on the two that have had experiences as opposed to their own individual experience with whatever the two are bringing back as truth, which is not a truth, it's only a truth for them. Like that. The particular manner, okay, so socializing is directly related to the particular culture that it is involved in. You may ask yourself, Dalton Conley, a professor of sociology at New York State University, states that culture affects us. Culture does affect us. It's transmitted to us through different processes with socialization, our internalization of society's values, beliefs, and norms being the main one. The particular manner of influence that one is exposed to is associated by the herd that she or he or she is involved in. Social conditioning bases its principles on the natural need for an animal to be a part of the pack. I talked about that the entire four years on YouTube, that herd thinking. And I think it makes people feel comfortable or that they're accepted. Yeah, that need to feel a part of the pack. And it takes away the individualism. It takes away, away the right to experience for oneself life based on how that individual presents itself to life. 
and how life presents itself back to the individual uniquely. That's what humans were robbed of. And I guess that had to happen in order to formulate a society. And then they go out into groups and they continue this behavior. And if, if, even if you sit people down and ask them why their view is their view, it would be it would be based on what somebody else's experience has been. So what they expect their experience would be other than what they've actually experienced as an individual. It's like not being, not being fully human because to be human, we have experience as individuals as if that was robbed. Now we go on to herd instinct. It states Sigmund Freud, known as the father of psychoanalysis, recorded his observation of group dynamics and group psychology in an analysis of the ego. In his work, he refers to Wilfred Trotter as the group conditions its members. Freud states, opposition to the herd is as good as separation from it and is therefore anxiously avoided. So what he's stating is that when people are part of a herd, a group think like that, a group think social social group and if they go opposition from it is like separating themselves from it so they avoid it it makes them anxious to think differently and independent than what they've been raised trained socially conditioned by people that think like them to think and they fear that is what he's stating because that means you're independent and you're an individual and you may not garner the support from the herd from the group anymore such fear he states causes the individual members to even and even leaders of a particular group to go along with the decisions, a group based in accordance to its culture. On a micro scale, the individual is conditioned to partake in the social norms of the said group, even if they contradict his or her personal moral code. That's what I was stating, that some people, they'll be in alignment with groups and group thinking, and the group will support each other thinking in a certain way. Then one individual, they'll know that that experience that that group is promoting and they're promoting isn't working for them and their experience has been different. But they'll still continue with that group thing and and confirming something that isn't true to the nature of their own individual experience. I think it's because people want to fit in like that. But it has to be something more serious than what I'm picking up on that I don't know. Now... The consequence of such protests may result in isolation. Yeah, feeling kicked out, feeling misunderstood because you're, you're, and you have to continue with that thinking in a way that isn't in alignment with your own experience, but is in alignment with the group believe the experience of you and them will all be based on some having had that experience. It's like something is not on the train track. Something is off the rails with that type of thinking. Such an accordance to fraud is one of the greatest punishments that can be instilled on an individual. This will result in, a, in the inability of an individual to practice his or her instinctual impulses. This, these instincts in accordance to fraud are the motives behind actions that the individual may take. Yeah, I feel also that it would cause the individual to stay in situations where they're, they've been trained to think in a certain way. And they stay in that as opposed to taking actions that will that are independent from that group and thought process. And it can create different experiences and true experience that's unique to the individual. Like that.
it can create true experiences that is you and that could be fear because being feared of thinking differently, being kicked out of the group, not being a part of the herd, not having your thoughts validated, even though your thoughts and what you're saying doesn't coincide with your experience. These instincts and accordance defraud are the motives behind actions that the individual may take. The father of psychoanalysis further states that we does have an impression of a state in which an individual's private emotional impulse and intellectual acts are too weak to come by anything by themselves and are entirely dependent for his own being reinforced by being repeated in a similar way in the other members of the group. Yeah, that word we and us, it's like, it's like, it's like the I is their own individual experience. It's like, it's too weak. The group says this is supposed to happen. And this is the experience because this was the experience for a few. So it's like, they, it's like some type of brainwashing. Out of fear of isolation and to secure the practice of instinctual impulses, there may be little protest from individual members as the group continues to condition. So they'll continue with that condition and the condition and they'll validate one another's thoughts without having had the experience. They'll live their life thinking that the experience of others is word and fact. When it's not, it's only the experience of others and they don't come as a pack or herd. They come as individuals. That each experience is going to be unique to them. People have been conditioned out of individualism and more out of fear. Hey, we need to stick together and it's we and us. So if you go out and this happens to you, that means it's going to be true for the rest of us also. Propaganda. And so so they can they cannot come up in society. Because if, if a few leak out and start thinking differently and come up in society, that group is going to attack that few and say, well, it can't be true because all of us should have came up at the one time because we are a group, we are a herd, we are of one brain, one mind. Okay. Propaganda states, Edward Bernie's Frost nephew and the father of propaganda and public relations used many of his uncle's theories in order to create new methods of marketing. In propaganda, he published that if we understand the mechanism and motives of the group mind, it is now possible to control and regiment the masses according to our will without them knowing it. He used the herd theory in order to create public relations, thus conditioning the public to need particular goods from certain manufacturers. In the same publication, he stated a single factory potential, potentially capable of supplying a whole continent with this particular product cannot afford to wait until the public asks for the product. It must maintain constant touch through advertising and propaganda with the vast public in order to assure itself the continuous demand, which alone will make its costly plant profitable. His theories and applications in social conditioning continue through his work. And that's a good point because even with conditioning in other ways is you could cause a fear and a stagnancy in a whole group of people by creating certain experiences that people will experience that will cause them to go back to the herd, communicate with the herd about the experience and that'll keep the herd in check or that'll keep a herd in a certain mindset. And even if the herd feels that it's fighting, it's really not. Because the real fight and the real win will be going against that group think, which was based on what was presented or what was experienced by only a few and not by each individual in the group. That may be too deep for a lot of people to grasp, but sit on that for a little bit. Bernays and the elite 
Bernays continued the application of his work as he associates the method in which a minority elite use social conditioning to assert their dominance and willpower. In You May Ask Yourself, Dalton Conley describes this idea with hegemony. Hegemony? Hegemony? He states that the term refers to a historical process in which a dominant group exercises moral and intellectual leadership throughout society by winning the voluntary consent of popular masses. Bernays believed that this was a functional approach, stating vast members of human beings must cooperate in this matter if they are to live together as a smoothly functioning society. In almost every act of our daily lives, whether in the sphere of politics or business, in our social conduct, or our ethical thinking, we are dominated by the relatively small number of persons who understand the mental processes and social patterns of the masses. Such influence is made possible by persistent repetition. A former Princeton University so so sociological professor in social change states that the, the persistence of patterns gives order and con constancy to recurring events. Yeah, in terms of behavior, many elements of persistence are more nearly cyclical. The near repetition of sequences of action over various time periods. He continues to state that role structures and the norms grow out of the need of predictability. While he does state that there are several reasons for group formation, spontaneous, deliberate, and coercive, the group usually winds up repeating sequences. And then in accordance with Freud, Burmese con contributes to the socialization of possibly new members. Yeah. It's like one big, huge experiment. And that's what I was stating. You can have two of a group that experience something. They go back to the rest of the group and they can get the group in order. And the group does not step out of that. They just, they just, they, they carry on the conditioning and brainwashing by themselves by telling the rest of the group that this is the validation. This is the truth that it experienced for us as the group. And they feel that they're fighting that by staying and continue to validate, validate that this is the truth based on what other people have experienced that are part of our group, as opposed to saying we fight this by changing our thinking based on what the other two have experienced, because maybe that experience was a setup. Now, those that validate this thought, these thoughts, and create social conditioning based off that, they take the work in their, in, in their own hands by socially conditioning their children, and continuously validating other people's experiences and taking them as that's the experience, that's what's going to happen to the rest. And there's no other way to fight that unless you change, change the way you think, change your conditioning, change your brainwashing. And not hate anyone that is presented in front of you that isn't conditioned, isn't brainwashed, and thinks differently. And doesn't break base their life and their life choices on what other people's experiences have been. They base it on their own individual experience. Classical condition. Such repetition contributes to basic social conditioning. Ivan Pavlov demonstrated this theory with his, with his infamous conditioned stimuli experiment. In Pavlov's dog experiment, the research provided the repeated exposure to a particular stimuli results in a specific behavior being repeated. In accordance to Mark Bolton of, Uni of University of Vermont, 
The strength of such repetition and influence can be seen in an operative conditioning where depending on reinforcement and punishment of particular behavior is a response is conditioned. So with groups in, in social conditioning, they expect you to respond to a certain stimuli that will anger the group or upset the group. They expect you to validate that behavior and say, this is it. And so the response is even conditioned. You can't say, well, this may not be it. This may be just that person's experience. If you say that, you go against the condition. So they're conditioning you. You better stay with the program. You better think like this. If these experience that, that's what the experience is going to be for all of us. This is the truth. If you come in here saying it's not that, okay. So that's how they condition now. So it's like one big experiment happened. And the people that are conditioned that form social groups, they continue it on their own. The work is done. The seed has been planted and it's fully functioning by itself. Methods of social conditioning, and it states the media. In accordance to Ashley Luce, an editor of Business Insider, 90% of the media in 2011 was owned by merely six companies. Such limits, such limits the exposure to information at least the perspective of information. The limited exposure to the perspectives of information results in increase of particular social conditioning. So he's stating that if, if the companies are owning the media is or influencing the media, they could take away certain information where you can't do a comparison and they can create conditioning. They can train you what to believe. And even with that, if what they're training you and showing you in the media causes an emotional response, you know, it gets your emotions going, you know, you get emotions going. It's another way of training you because you will make your decisions based on the emotionality of what you're feeling about what they're showing you in the media, as opposed to comparison something different being shown to you in alternative to what you're being seen and fact checking without using your emotions, but by using facts and logic and not, fully aligning with what you wish to believe or want to believe, but aligning with an alternative belief because you're looking at the alternative. You're not looking at what your emotions are pulling you and driving you to wanting to believe or what you've been conditioned to believe and that emotional response that keeps you in that belief based on what they're showing you in the media. It's like you look at two different opposing views and not be emotionally connected to either view because you're not conditioned and you're fact-checking based on logic as opposed to what you want to believe that coincides with you've been emotionally trained to think and believe due to your conditioning. This has been an experiment and most definitely has worked. Through a repetition of a particular perspective of an idea, the view is reinforced into the audience and results in a formed social norm. This contributes to the formation of a reflection of the culture in media. Connie states that culture is projection of social structures and relationships into the public sphere, a screen onto which the film of the underlying, underlying reality or social structure of our society is shown. Such cycling repetition creates a method of socialization and a manner in which society further molds its current members or new ones into the culture. So he's stating that if you show people in the media that are a part of a certain culture, things that are happening to that culture over and over again, they're going to teach groups or other people in that culture that this is the norm, this is what it is, and they're going to have an emotional response to what they're being trained and conditioned into believing. Okay. It's like brainwashing. 
And it's so hard to break free from those social constructs and who you align yourself with socially, because that would mean thinking differently than them, you know, and thinking based on your own individual experience and not having that validation of your ideas where everybody said, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They may not say that. So a lot of people can fear that. You know, and and I feel that the most socially conditioned people in the United States are African Americans. Labeling social control and stigma stigmatization kindly states that individuals subconsciously notice how others see or label them, and their reactions to these labels over time form the basis of their self identity. It is only through the social process of labeling that we create deviance. By assigning shared meanings to acts, social conditioning is formed by the creation of good and bad behaviors, persistent reinforcement, and the use of operant conditioning influence individuals, groups to develop particular behaviors and or ideas. In a differential association, reinforcement theory of criminal behavior from criminological theory readings and retrospective social norms and deviance in a particular group is described as follows. We often in fear what the particular we often in fear what the norms of a group are by observing reaction to behavior the sanctions applied to or reinforcement and punishment of such behavior we may also learn what a group's norms are through verbal and written statements the individual group member also learns what is and is not acceptable behavior on the basis of verbal statements made by others as well as through sanctions, the reinforcement of adverse stimuli applied by others in response to his behavior and that of other norm violators. So when you're in your social group, they will, if, if your behavior is different than the group or your thought is different than the group or your opinion is different than the group, they get mad at you. And put you back in check and put you back in place with that thought process of the group. And tell you that that behavior is not acceptable. That thought is not acceptable because it's not based on what the group thinks as a whole. Despite you introducing your own independent thinking or your own individual experience, it has to be in alignment with the group. And I think that makes one feel good because the group is confirming. If you put something out there, you state something and the group is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes people feel good and they feel like family or that this is, we think like this. Even though the thought has not been, been compared with in opposition to that thought or opinion. It's all emotional based. And to verify, validate that we are still a group and we still think the same. A particular group conditions its members into certain behaviors. Yeah. In juvenile delinquency in urban areas, the authors note that even illegal behaviors may be seen as positive and promoted within a particular group because different social organizations have a varying amount of influence over particular members. In particular, as children age, their friends play a greater amount of influence than the family. Burgess and Ackers further reinforce this point. In terms of our analysis, the primary group would be seen to be a major source of an individual's social enforcement. The buck of behavior training which the child receives occurs at a time when the trainers, usually the parents, possess a very powerful system of reinforcement. In fact, we might 
characterize a primary group as a generalized reinforced the associated with many reinforcers conditioned as well as unconditioned. And as we suggest above, as the child grows older, groups other than the family may come to control a majority of the individual's reinforcers. Adolescent peer groups such as theories are further back by the Meads theory of social development and are reinforced by stigmatization. Now, so if the family thinks in a certain way and they're controlling how the child thinks, and the child has an idea that goes against the way that the family thinks based on the child's own logical mind or the child's own individual experience. Because if the family has power of the child, it can erase that thought from the child's mind and condition that child to think the way that they think. And also they state that then the child grows up to have friends and they're more friends influenced by the friends. But what if the friends think the way that the family thinks of the child also? And they're only being around people that think uh, in a certain way. So they're being, they're being socially conditioned. If you grow up around people that all of them think like you and your family, you're being socially conditioned. People need to be around a variety of different thought processes and be able to use their logical mind as an exercise. I'm stating this to compare different ways of thinking and what they see to what they actually experience and not comparing using an emotional response to what they're seeing, but using a logical truth finding, fact finding to what they're seeing and then formulating an opinion or formulating it based on your own unique experience. Whenever you've grown up in a family and then, then you grow up and the friends are just like the family and think just like the, you're socially conditioned. What else would you be And anything after you, after you've been socially conditioned enough and it and it's stuck in anything that is presented to you as different is going to be rejected because you haven't learned as you were growing up to compare without social social conditioning is based on emotional response to stimuli and what stimuli and what is happening to other people basically and what you've been trained to expect from society it's an emotional response to society now is when you have been trained to base your opinions and formulate your ideas based on your emotions is and you've been only introduced to a certain amount of people your your is something has been robbed and i don't know what it is me's theory of social development in accordance to margaret mead one's identity is shaped by outside forces yeah why the self exists on its own at birth the first interactions influence the development of one's identity with the introductions of more and more groups starting with the significant other that's the family and reference groups. That's the friends. An individual develops his or her perceptions of the self. So he's saying that the family and the social group, the friends, people around you is what shape the individual's perception of who they are, not their own experience in their own mind. And then they'll grow up, grow up around these groups, these social groups, and they'll think they're fighting to be individualistic, but they're really fighting to confirm what they've been socially conditioned into believing not based on their own experience or comparing, this is me speaking, or comparing 
opposing ideas based on facts that are not emotionally driven. So the human is therefore, in my viewpoint of what this is, created. Once placed into such a category, an individual finds it nearly impossible to move out of that particular grouping. Such becomes his or her master status, overshadowing any other statuses. Such, such conditions the individual continuously partake in the activities ascribed to the master status, good or bad. So he's stating that after a while, the person is conditioned so much that is a part of who they are. That is what has formed the identity. They'll stick with that conditioning for the good or the bad, even if it's having a negative influence on their life. That is who they have been created to be. And they're not going to go outside of that because it means that they would have that group to contend with that has conditioned them. Family, friends, and people that have herd mentality. Okay, everyone, decide what you think about that. It's up to you. 